to Happily Ever After is Real, interviews and conversations with women, created to share wisdom, strength, joy, and inspiration for finding true love in a busy and constantly changing world. Happily Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. You can follow us on Facebook or visit us online at bemoreyou.co. I'm Tricia Bennett. My guest host today is Nancy Hunt. On behalf of myself and all of our guests, welcome and enjoy. I would like to introduce Rosalind Tompkins to everyone and let you all know that she is the founder of the organization Mothers in Crisis, and she is also the woman who is responsible for this April being the first National Month of Hope in the United States. So I want to welcome you, Rosalind. That is so moving. Thank you for being here. Yes, we are so excited about the first ever National Month of Hope, and it is an honor to be with you today on your podcast. So we're going to start out by asking Rosalind to tell us a little bit about herself. Okay. Well, I've been I've been married for four years, a little over four years. This is my second marriage. The first marriage, unfortunately, ended in divorce years ago, and so four years now, it's actually been five years since I've known my husband. I've been happily married this time around. I have a daughter, and she is married, and uh, and I have three wonderful grandchildren, a brand-new grandson who was just born on last month, and we're, we're really enjoying him. And my husband, he has he has a daughter. He has a an adult daughter and an adult son who is in college. Excellent. Tell us about your husband and how you met him and how you knew he was the one. Uh, when I met him, I had gone on eHarmony just to see whether online dating was was good or not because I had some of the young ladies that I was mentoring at the time were asking me about the online dating. And I had been, let's see, at that time, I think I'd been single about six years, six or seven years since I'd, I'd had my divorce. And and so I decided I would go on there just to see, you know, what this online dating is all about. And yeah. I decided to go on eHarmony because one of the founders of eHarmony, I have read one of their books and actually uses books and some coaching that I do. And and so I said, well, eHarmony might be a good place to start. So I set up my profile, and the first thing that happened to me is I was catfished. And catfish, we know that's somebody pretending to be someone else. And so the gentleman that I was talking to that I later found out was not who he said he was through eHarmony. They they sent me an email, and they said, cut off all contact with this person. And I did right away. And when he called again, I just told him, I said, I don't know who you are or what's going on, but don't ever call me again. So after that, I was thinking, wow, this, this online dating thing is terrible. And I was thinking of, of pulling my profile, but I'd already paid the money. So I said, well, you know, I'm just not even going to pay it much attention. I was getting ready to go to South Africa for the first time. I had to do a series of meetings over there. So I just forgot about it. When I came back to the United States, the first thing I saw was an email from my husband now, 
and I looked at his profile, and it was something about him. Standing there as I looked at him, he looked like a college professor. It was very interesting because on my profile, I put who I who I am, all the the thing, you know, they knew I wasn't catfishing or anything. He said, I don't drink. I'm in the ministry. I'm, you know, I just said who I was. So when he said he was interested, I felt like, okay, let me, uh, let me contact him and just see. And so we did. So we started uh, corresponding to one another. And the first thing I asked him, I said, I said, what about Skype? Because the other guy who was a catfish, he didn't want to Skype, and he would make all these excuses. And so I asked my husband, I said, well, you know, my, he wasn't my husband then, but I asked him, I said, well, what about uh, Skype? Do you, do you Skype? And he said, well, I'm not currently on Skype. And then I said, oh, and I was thinking red flag. But then the next time we talked, he said, well, I have a Skype account. Do you want to Skype now? Oh. And then I looked in the mirror. I was like, no, 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 not now. <laughs> so, so what happened not when, when, I, when nope. I knew that he was the one was I was getting ready to turn 50 in October, and I asked him, if he would if he would like to come to Tallahassee because he lived in Maryland. He was working for the federal government at the time and I live here in, in North Florida in Tallahassee and I asked him would he like to come and and visit for my birthday. And when he came on that visit and I introduced him to all my friends and all my people and my family, my daughter and her, her husband and I knew he was the one. Wow. Because he fit into the picture. Mm. Was was that the first time he visited with you? That was the first had time. You... Wow. We had started Skyping now. After he got on Skype, we had started Skyping and we were talking. But that was the first time I'd seen him in person. Mm. And how it's long? It's amazing a... when you fit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. How long had you been Skyping before you invited him? Two months. Nice. Yes, it was two months, and, and I mean, we had a quick engagement. We at, in in November of that year, around Thanksgiving, he asked me to marry him, and so that was three months after we met, and then three months after that, in February, we got married. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, such yeah. a it's a great story because some people it it takes years, and some people it takes months. It, it leads into the next question, which is, what did you have to know and trust about yourself before you could choose your husband and commit to him? Well, I had to be complete and whole within myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I realize now. And, you know, mature, mature in age. I was at a place where I was happy. You know, I was happy with with me, Rosalind, who I am, I liked me, mm-hmm. and and that was the person that I presented to him, and and he happened to be at that stage in his life because he had had two failed marriages, and and you know he was on his journey uh, looking for something more than 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 what he had, but he was a complete person. So I I believe two complete people came together, and we knew what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I brought. I brought I brought the best me. I can I can really say that. Mm-hmm. But and I can't I can't say that I've always been that way. But at that particular time in my life, it was the best me for mm-hmm. what was going on, the circumstances. And I believe he presented 
the best him because we didn't, you know, we didn't have time for games or, you know, or any of that. I mean, it was just like, you know, this is who I am. Take it or leave it if you like me, you know. And I think that that really worked out. That worked out well. Yeah, that's great. And I would imagine that both of you had things that you had learned from your previous marriages about what you did not want to repeat. Absolutely. And like so many women probably feels like I felt at the time that there was no one, there's no one out there. And and I had said to myself that I was content just being who I am in the world, whether I found that other person or not. Mm-hmm. And and it was precisely at that point that the other person appeared. I think that is part of the magic formula, personally, mm-hmm. that when a woman gets to the point where she knows herself and she knows that she would rather be by herself than settle, mm-hmm. that that's when the possibility of the right person showing up begins. Yes, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, that's beautiful. So did you have women in your life before you got married? This is really about, like, have you had women supporting you along the way? Did you have women in your life before you got married? Do you now? And how have women been instrumental to your success? Uh, absolutely. I had I had women in my life. I have women in my life. Friendship is, is, is important, and that's a part of, of being the completeness and the wholeness. Being the founder and president of Mothers in Crisis, I've spent about 27 years working with women, and uh, I've met some wonderful, wonderful, fabulous women along the way who, mm. who now are a part of Mothers in Crisis and who help with the mission. I've had wonderful mentors. Uh, along the way of of women, godly women who have have always they would tell me they wanted a relationship for me. They wanted me to have a, a good husband, and mm. and I never, for many years, I never understood why what they wanted from me. Why did they want that? Why would they say that? Mm-hmm. I I was happy. I was enjoying life and doing the things that I was I was put here to do. But it wasn't until I got married that I began to see, okay, this is what they wanted from me. They wanted they wanted me to have someone that could be beside me as a companion, to have that support, that love, that partner, that I'm not just doing it, just me. And yeah. and so so that's what the marriage in, in my marriage uh, has has proven to 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 be. And uh, but the friendships are very important and they continue because because they provide another part that I need in order for me to be complete in this life. Mm. Yeah. Um I was going to ask your relationships with women do they support you in your success for marriage? Like initially when we asked beforehand too. I know I'm going back to you briefly mentioned when you got onto eHarmony, you did that for other women and I almost got the impression that you did it to check it out to see if it was something that other women would gain success with. Do women support you in your success in marriage? Like are 
like just your friendships being great, do you find that women enrich your marriage? Some do. Some, you know, unfortunately, some women left. You know, they left uh, the organization, the ministry, um, and I don't, you know, I don't really know exactly, uh, you know, what the motivation was there, but uh, there are several who support it and uh, who support me in my marriage and support my husband, and, and they're so happy that that I have found someone and, and like I said, he fits so so comfortably in the whole scenario. Uh, like you know, we're two peas in a pod now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it just depends on the person. Just, you know, some women they they may feel like that that that's something that they wanted or they don't have, and then now, you know, I found this person, so they they can't stick around uh, for whatever reasons. But but I would say that. The majority of the the friendships that I have are stronger now that I'm married. Mm-hmm. It is one of the things that we find. I think you just touched on it that there's some women that when you find love, it's really confronting for them, mm-hmm. and they they almost feel like it's a competitive thing. If you have it, you're somehow taking it from them rather than thinking that women can be your teachers. Yes. You know, it's it's so complicated. Relationships are all all types of relationships. It's so complicated. Yeah. And and I like to to think the best uh of of people and and their motivations. So, you know, mm-hmm. I just say, well, maybe they they felt like this is a different season. See, sometimes friendships are seasonal and mm-hmm. this this friendship was a was a single friendship in the season that I was single yeah. it was great but once I became married then it that season ended for for our, for that friendship mm-hmm. and there there couldn't there was no crossover whereas yeah. there are a few you know several actually uh, although I can only I can count on my fingers friends when I say friends and my friends are are still my friends and they yeah. and they are happy and they're in my life that's a really, really nice way to say it, the thing about friends being seasonal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So what are the gifts of your marriage, and what do you want single women to have that they don't have now? The gifts of my marriage are love, companionship, partnership, and support I, I'd never, I'd, I've never met a man in my. I had a relationship like I have now with my husband, who just supports me one hundred percent and just. I mean, this man wants more for me than I want for myself, mm-hmm. and and I, I didn't know that that was something I needed, because I was going along in life and doing what the things that I've been placed here to do, and and then whenever we got together, it was like. I had someone who said, yes, this is good, and we can do this, and I'm willing to help you, and you can do that, and I'm supportive of you, and I uh, receive you, I receive who you are unconditionally. And that is such a gift because it's, it's caused me to shine even more. Yeah. It's really caused me to, to just pursue and to press, and that's how we were able to pursue this whole month of hope and and just different things that he inspires me, and that's such a gift. And that's what I desire for single women, 
to uh to have that and to not settle for for anything less than someone who will come alongside them and support them and just be that partner uh mm. that will help them to be better and that's what I said I didn't understand when when the women would tell me the older women would tell me how they how I needed a husband and you know, you need a husband, and I'd be like, no. You know, I don't know why you say that. I'm happy. I don't I'm doing think this. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when I when I got a real good husband, I realized, yeah, yeah I needed, I did need that. I didn't That's what they were talking about. Yeah. 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 I always like to say a good husband gives you wings. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah that really everything you said is so true. A man who is behind you 100% and just wants you to be bigger and brighter and is yes. just there encouraging you every step of the way. It's such a gift. It really is. And most women don't think that exists. Yes, yes. It yeah. because, because probably other relationships maybe that didn't work out that way. And then, too, that's what I give him. That's, I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. Uh, to, to be able to, so that he knows that I have his back and I want the best for him and I'm doing all I can so that, that whatever he's doing, whatever he's pursuing, that he is the best that he can be. So that's something that goes both ways. And sometimes mm-hmm. the problem is when it's just one way, when it's just all one way, whether it's, whether it's you know, the, the wife or the husband, and then the other person disappears. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I, that's one of the things that, that I really was cautionary about when it came to marrying a good man, a strong man, that I didn't want to disappear, like who right. I am and, and who, who, what I've done all these, these years, and I didn't want to disappear into the marriage yeah, I thought that mm-hmm. that's what would have to happen, and oftentimes that's what does happen. But what I see with the right man, Kwame, that I don't disappear, he doesn't disappear, we both become brighter and better mm-hmm. together, and that's yeah. what I'd like for, for other women. That is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So what is your best advice for keeping a woman's dreams alive around finding love and having a happy, healthy, lifelong marriage. And what is her homework? What would you give a single? What would you give single women for homework? Okay. Well, my my best advice would be, don't close yourself off to the possibilities of finding love. And even if it doesn't work out, because I often go back to that place where the catfish that I was talking to on eHarmony. It could have been very easy just to close that whole book and just mm-hmm. say, you know, that doesn't work and, you know, it's just a bunch of fakes and phonies out there. But I remain open to the possibilities, and that's something that, that I believe that as long as you continue to not give up, don't give up, don't believe that there's no one on this mm-hmm. on this earth that, that you could ever have a relationship with, just continue to be the best that you can be because that's who you're going to bring to the relationship. So be the best that you can be in that, you know, by being whole and complete because that's the kind of individual you will attract. So Mm -hmm. if you're 
if you're whole, if you're complete, if you're enjoying life, and you but you're still open, it's not like you've closed the door. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, you are being who the best you that you can possibly be. Then that's who you're going to attract. And then and then once you find that person, it's not like two half people coming together. Yeah. It's two whole mm-hmm. people coming together. That's the miracle when two whole people can become one. Yeah. Because if you if you have if you are half of a person, they're half of a person, then it's go, you're going to be way too needy. That that yeah. you're going to need that person to complete you. You're going to need that person too much, and or vice versa, and it's going to it's going to mess the relationship up. But if you can if you can be that whole person, because one of the things that I, I can add to this is that during the time when I met my husband, I had uh, I was going through uh, crises with uh, with my organization, Mothers in Crisis, doing the economic downturn. We would come in that was like the coming up on the the end of that but in the process we had lost all of our grant monies i was in a position where i had to 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 turn in my house and and so it was it was this pressing part that was going on in my life but then what i had determined to do was just to do the best thing for me that i could do i didn't have control over that and i was trusting god that it's going to work out somehow but I do have control over me, so I started eating right. I started going to the gym. I mean, I started taking care of my body, and like I said, I just come from South Africa, so I I was doing my ministry. So I was doing Rosalind the best that I could possibly do, and there was this opening there that was also in my life because now I didn't have all the the grants, because I would write the grants, I'd manage the grants, I'd do all the meetings, and da-da-da-da. So I didn't have all that going on either. Mm. So it was just like a perfect time whenever Kwame came along, and, and it was just like, okay, now this is the next season of my life, and it's it's different than the, the season prior, and it's better, <laughs> you know, it's a mm-hmm. lot better, I would say that. Yeah. So just just finding your completeness, being whole in who you are, leaving that opening, and always know that there is hope. There's the possibility. The possibilities are there. Mm. And I loved what you said also about if something negative happens, like that guy who was false advertising on eHarmony, if something negative happens, try to hit the reset button. Yes like recover from it and say, okay, next, I'm putting that in the past. That was a negative. That was clearly not my husband. Next. Yes. And keep yes. bringing your best self to the process. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. So now that we know who you are in your marriage, we want to find out who you are in the world. And I always say that I believe that every woman is like a fortune cookie. She has a hidden surprise inside. <laughs> so tell us who you are in the world. Well, hope is my hidden surprise in, inside, <laughs> I believe, mm. uh, because I am a hopeologist, and that's my trademarked moniker. Mm. Uh, and, and as a hopeologist, uh, people say, well, what is a hopeologist? Well, a hopeologist is someone who uh, who is filled with hope, and who spreads hope to others and also empowers others to spread hope and give hope. 
Hmm. And as a hopeologist, I'm I'm the founder and and president of Mothers in Crisis Incorporated. Mothers in Crisis, I would say, is my organization of hope. And my daughter, Janar Chanel Holloway now, she is my baby of hope. And it all started during my journey of hope when I was addicted to drugs and alcohol for 12 years. Mm. And and through that whole process of addiction, it was it was the, the baby of hope, my baby of hope, Janar, who came into my life. And then as I turned my life over to God and the grace of God became real to me, and then I started Mothers in Crisis, which is my organization of hope, and through Mothers in Crisis, we've been able to help over 10,000 families throughout these past 27 wow. years find hope and find recovery from addictions and, and many other things. And I'm also the founding pastor of Turning Point International Church, which is the chapel outreach ministry of Mothers in Crisis. My passion in life is is just spreading hope in various ways and empowering others to spread hope as well. Mm. Wow. Now, do you have a website? Yes, yes. We have a website, makingahopeconnection.com, and then uh, think-hope.com and hope-universe.com. It will all take you to the the website. It has all the information about the National Month of Hope, the hope challenge that we have out there. We're challenging people to think hope and make hope connections during the month of April and actually throughout the year. I love that. Wow. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about what you're doing, about what's happening during the Month of Hope? Anything else about your organization that you would like women to know? Well, one of the things about Mothers in Crisis, we have morphed over the years. As I, When I first started it back in 1991, uh started out as a support group for women who were experiencing problems with drugs and alcohol addiction. I started it in my home. And then it just grew from there as as we became a full-fledged nonprofit organization. And we got, you know, we had a house in the community and, and just began managing several grants. And that's what we did for the first, I would say, almost 25 years. But on our 25th anniversary, that's when we got into the next phase of Mothers in Crisis, and that's the phase of hope. And it started with, we got proclamations from the city and the county, and they were recognizing the work that we had done over the past 25 years. But then also we asked them to proclaim every Friday as Hope Universe Day. And oh, so that's, that's so what we great. did. We started that in 2016. And then then last year we decided to take it to the national level, and that's when through the National Day calendar we applied for the National Month of Hope. So we did, and we were successful in that, and that was phenomenal for us. And so now what we're asking everyone to do, especially in this, the society, the world that we're in today, we need hope. And we're mm-hmm. asking people to think hope and then make hope connections. And you can find out exactly how to do that by going to the website, think-hope.com, and just help us to spread hope because I believe hope can change the world. Mm. And that's what we need right now. You can actually join us in, in what we're doing and, and become a hope giver in your community. 
and become a citizen of hope. It's all on the website, and we'd love to partner with people, with organizations in this in this whole journey of hope because it's so needed. Well, I just want to say it has been such a gift talking to you today. I am absolutely, completely, thoroughly moved by this conversation. I can't wait to go to think-hope.com and check in around becoming a citizen myself. <laughs> oh, that would be so wonderful because, you know, one of the things about about my marriage and the gift that, that is is my marriage, that one of the biggest gifts of my marriage is that my husband and I are on this, this journey of hope together. And mm. whenever I can join up with others and, and join this, this, this hope campaign that we have going on, it's, it's, so, it's such a blessing. I enjoy talking with you, Tricia and Nancy. It's been wonderful. And I just want to share as well that um, listening to your story of love and your hope that you, you send around the world is very moving. And thank you for what you do. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this episode. Wherever you are at this moment, we hope that you can feel your own unique happily ever after taking shape. If you or someone you know has a special love story to share, we'd love to hear it and share it. Please message us on Facebook or contact us online at bemoreu.co. Until next time, I'm Tricia Bennett. From all of us at Happily Ever After is Real, thank you for listening and we wish you love.